Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, hopefully we've established by now that tariffs are taxes. Now, what about the reverse? Are taxes tariffs? Well, not necessarily. But I think what Alberta's been doing is it applies to beer, has been essentially a de facto tariff on out of province beer. And while we do have problems with free trade in Canada, we need to do a lot better. That's not something that you're supposed to do. Canada has an agreement on internal trade that you can't discriminate against products that are made in a different part of the country. Now, Alberta's argument all along is that we're not discriminating. These aren't tariffs. We have a tax rate. It's a markup rate, and it's the same. All breweries all pay the same markup. Now, we also have this other separate kind of thing that's um, a subsidy to to Alberta-based small brewers. But that's just, that's something different. Well, we had a decision uh, recently by by an AIT panel that the Alberta government was violating that agreement. The Alberta government appealed that decision. The decision has come down yet again that this is in violation of the agreement on internal trade. Now, this all stems from a complaint brought forward by a small Calgary-based company called Artisan Ales, an importer. Uh, They've been represented uh, in this fight by the Canadian Constitution Foundation. Derek Frum is a staff lawyer with the CCF, more at theccf.ca, by the way. Derek, thanks for joining us here. Thank you very much, Rob. All right, so this is essentially um, the same decision that we got already, right, that the Alberta government was in violation of this agreement? Yeah, it is essentially the same or same uh, same decision, but perhaps even stronger this time. And uh, I think it's an even more stunning victory for artisan ales than what we had anticipated or what we got the first time around. All right, now give us a bit of an overview, a bit more of an overview. I touched on on some of the basics of this case, but what was the argument that that you were advancing here? Okay, so. I hate to bore listeners, but you know this is the type of stuff that gets me excited. So there's a little bit of a yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a history lesson here of what happened. So in 2015, in October, um, Minister Sisi brought in a new uh, scheme for how beer was going to be a markup was going to be applied on beer in this province, and what it did essentially was create two tiers. There was going to be beer from outside of what was the New West Partnership and beer from inside the New West Partnership. So if you were brewing beer in Ontario and tried to bring it to Ontario or tried to bring it to Alberta, you would pay a higher rate of tax, essentially, than if you were brewing beer within either Saskatchewan, Alberta, or BC. So that that is just bald-faced discrimination. (laughs) If you brew someplace in Canada other than those three provinces, you will pay more to bring your beer in. So... Uh, the CCF and Artisan Ales, we took some time and started working together to get this policy reversed, bring the government of Alberta into compliance both with the constitution of our country and with its trade obligations. And so 
Alberta went back to the drawing board and came up with a new plan in July of 2016. And so this is where it gets interesting. It, it got a little more complicated. Essentially, what Alberta tried to do was the same thing, discriminate against beer from outside the province. But they found a, a more subtle and sneaky way of doing it. What they did instead is they applied the same markup to beer from everywhere in Canada, including Alberta. But then, now, their own words, this is their own words, then what they chose to do is provide an offsetting grant for Alberta small brewers based upon production and sales in Alberta. So in other words... You get tax at the same rate as everyone else from across Canada. But under the table, through a second a second step, the government would slip the money back to you, putting you back to where you were before the tax rate was made equal. So essentially, it was a tariff, but it was kind of a, an inverse from what we'd normally think. Normally, we would think it costs more to bring the product in, not that it would cost the same amount to bring the product in. But here, what was happening is the government of Alberta was providing this offsetting essentially a rebate on the difference between the old tax rate and the new tax rate. And so that's what was found to be discriminatory in this decision that was, uh, that was uh, brought down and we can release to, uh, today. Yeah. And so what's important here is Alberta was found both to be discriminating against products from elsewhere in Canada, which is one provision in the AIT that they're told they're not allowed to discriminate. And secondly, they were erecting an obstacle to trade in Canada, a second provision, and they are not allowed to do that as well. So it was uh, unlike the previous decision from last summer, which was a split panel, two to one. This panel uh, was unanimous, and it said, look, we don't even need to look at the markup at all. We don't need to look at the history of this at all. We just are going to look at this Alberta Small Brewers Development Program, and it is both discriminatory and creates obstacles to trade, and it is contrary to the AIT. So the the two policies are linked then aren't they the the markup rates and the the subsidy. Well that was that was our argument going in because we we thought uh, you know our theory of the case was that the markup rate is important you have to understand how the government of Alberta ended up where they are with the current policy. Um but you know surprising to us the panel went further than we had asked even we had asked them to consider it together to see look this is a dovetailing of two policies made to obfuscate or made to confuse people. Uh, the government is doing with one hand, uh, you know, taking with one hand and giving with the other. It's trying to do indirectly what it's not permitted to do directly. So we thought the panel would be convinced by saying, well, you know, these two policies work together. They dovetail. But the panel actually said, you know what, we don't even need to do that. Just on its own, the program is discriminatory and creates obstacles. So the panel actually had a, you know, in the end, a more extreme view of it than even, uh, you know, us advocating for artisan ales did. This is uh, they they gave artisan ales more essentially than what we had asked for. So would it always be the case then that that subsidies would be considered a de facto lower tax rate? No, that's that's a very important, and it does not mean that. And grants, same thing, subsidies, grants, these are not always going to be contrary to trade agreements like the AIT. What had happened in this particular program, when the offsetting grant was given to the brewers, it was tied directly to the levels of production and sale of beer within Alberta. 
So what that did is it gave a competitive advantage to Alberta brewers because Alberta brewers are the only ones brewing beer in Alberta. And so what that did, in the words of the panel, is it provided a competitive advantage to Alberta beer over other beers. Essentially, it unleveled the playing field. In their words, they said, here's a quote, it distorts the playing field and in such results in a less favorable treatment of beer produced in other provinces. So it's funny, Mr. Sisi and uh, others, other spokespeople from the governments of Alberta have been saying this whole three, almost three-year journey that we've had coming to this decision. They've been saying and complaining that, you know, we are leveling the playing field. Uh, but here we have a decision saying quite the opposite. This, is, uh, this was a distortion. There are problems in Canada. I think it would be uh, disingenuous for me to, to come here and tell the audience that there aren't problems elsewhere in this country with, with uh, getting our beer access to other markets. There are. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge that. But the solution to that is not to create your own tariffs and your own trade barriers, as is uh, you know in the news now with the problems we're having internationally. Um, when you put a tariff in place or a tariff in place, or you enter into some sort of a, uh, a trade war, both sides lose. No one comes out uh, the better here. And Alberta's first response here should have been not to create their own novel barriers and distort the playing field, as the panel has said. They should have instead gone after other provinces for their discriminatory practices. That would have been a better use of taxpayer resources, quite frankly. And, you know, in this whole thing, it can't be forgotten that um, Artisan Ales, the, the client in this case, Artisan Ales, was deeply harmed by this program. They, uh, they lost 33% of their sales, 82% of their, their profits. Like, this was a devastating blow. This program nearly destroyed this company. And there's other agents in this province that are like this. I, I started receiving texts uh, from other agents that I've been in contact with who uh, weren't directly involved with this but have had you know, a vested interest because their business is being undermined by this particular policy by the government of Alberta. And they're ecstatic. They're very happy that this is now hopefully going the way of the dinosaur. So we'll see what Alberta's response is. But this whole time, I, I think I've been on your show before, Rob, saying that the government of Alberta should have been going after the discriminatory practices of other provinces, not attacking its own business, you know, the, the businesses within its province, like small businesses like Artist Nails. They should have gone after the discriminatory practices, for instance, in B.C. or in Ontario, that would have been a far better use of, of their legal staff and taxpayer resources. Yeah, I think it would. And now, I mean, if, if the government's hell-bent on giving aid to the industry, helping to build up the industry, and you made the point about subsidies, because if this were, say, uh, like a startup grant, you want to start a brewery in Alberta, we got a one-time startup grant that'll help you get a brewery built in Alberta. Mm-hmm. I mean, that probably wouldn't have violated this agreement, would it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And probably is the, the the key caveat here. I mean, the devil's in the details. But sure. yeah, you're right. Probably it wouldn't. And in fact, uh, in June 8th, in 2016, Minister Sisi was given advice by his staff. And uh, he did a very poor job of, of considering it, in my opinion, because this is in June 8th was when he decided to bring in this offsetting grant, which has resulted in this decision in 2016. And he was given what's called in the memo, I'm looking at it right now, the memo that he was given, he was given a a list of a suite of supports that he could have offered to Alberta brewers, which would include one-time grants for capital, um, you know, uh, capital projects, 
marketing grants. Uh, there's certain certain warehousing advantages you have by just being local. Um, you know, and you know, including things like old college brewing program. They had ways of uh, of helping people from that program get into the local market working here, um, selling at farmer's markets. Well, that's one of the things that uh, they actually have done now subsequently. Right. And then importantly here, and, you know, credit, credit goes to the government for doing that. That should should exist. The freer markets are better for both business and consumers. But now the other thing that is I find interesting is increased awareness of existing supports was one of the things that Joe C.C. staff suggested to them, because there is a list of financial uh, programs already available to, to uh, small brewers in this province. And in his the memo that was prepared for him, it was just basically like a long list of, of money that was being left on the table by the local brewing industry, because so few of the brewers knew about the money that was available to them that they weren't applying for these grants. And with the exception of a few more of the more established brewers in the province, um, and so his staff suggested to him, why don't we just like make make the brewers know, like let them know what's available to them. And, you know, stunningly uh, in the margin where there's a checkbox for Mr. CC to have checked, he failed to check that. Uh, so he chose instead to bring in an offsetting grant program that is illegal and uh, didn't didn't bother to make the small brewers in the province aware of the existing programs that they could have been using. So going forward now, Derek, if there's uh, an Alberta brewer out there uh, who, who wants to, to come to you guys and say, look, uh, we got a big problem with what BC's doing or what Ontario's doing or wherever else, uh, that they've got barriers in place that keep us out of there. I mean, is that a fight that, that you'd be willing to take on? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely we would be. And, you know, I was very pleased with the Alberta Small Brewers Association recently. Uh, at the Supreme Court of Canada in, in December of last year, they actually intervened in our Como case. And the Como case was an important uh, constitutional case on free trade. Yeah. Also happened to be about beer. <laughs> Just kind of a coincidence, honestly. Um, but in that case, the Small Brewers Association showed up and made very strong pro-free trade arguments. And it was, you know, honestly, it was stunning to me to see this because here at home, they have quite the opposite tact. They want to restrict trade and want more discrimination to protect themselves. But when they got out to the Supreme Court of Canada, they made a wonderful argument in favor of free trade. And so at that time, uh, I mean, I didn't have much of a chance to talk to the, the lawyer they hired, a very good lawyer. And I uh, didn't have much of a chance to talk with him. But, you know, these free trade agreements that Canada has signed, you know, throughout Canada, like the Canada Free Trade Agreement now is in place rather than the AIT. The New West Partnership is, you know, currently exists. These these trade agreements are you know, largely unused and should be used by private individuals, both like Artisan Ales and like the Alberta Small Brewers Association. And here's the problem. Here's the here's the why they haven't been. This has been almost a three-year process that Artisan Ales has undertaken. If it weren't for the help of the Canadian Constitution Foundation as a charitable organization, and if it weren't for the, the wonderful work of a lawyer who's experienced in these sort of issues, Ben Grant, if it weren't for this help, Artisan Ales wouldn't have been able to do this all on its own. And so there's a problem here because this is a time-consuming, expensive process that normal, you know, just everyday Canadians, when they see a problem with trade in Canada and it's affecting them and they're suffering because of a government policy that's potentially illegal, they really can't do anything about it because of the economic burden that it would place on them. They just want to go out into the marketplace and make money. 
But here, Artisan Ales, Mike and Bo, they decided that they were going to fight, and bravo to them. This is, this is wonderful to come across Canadians that are willing to stand up and say, look, we've been wronged and willing to take on this burden. Now, I really hope that the Small Brewers Association takes a similar position on this and says, you know what, we have a, now we have a, a, a place in Canada. We're from Alberta. This is the freest market in Canada, and we can speak from the moral high ground and take down the other jurisdictions, trade barriers that are illegal. I would love to see that happen. The Canadian Constitution Foundation would love to support that type of cause. And, you know, it's not just beer. There's other, there's other issues, I'm sure, throughout this country. There's trade barriers everywhere. The provinces have a sort of quid pro quo amongst themselves that if you don't examine my trade barriers too carefully, I won't examine yours. There's definitely that going on. So the provinces have very little incentive to actually take any of these cases on. It's going to have to be individual Canadians who start demanding that their governments actually follow the law in this country. And well said, Derek. Much more at theccf.ca. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Take care. Derek Fromm is a staff lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation, so a big victory for them. We'll hear from Joe Cece coming up after 3 o'clock. We'll have some more thoughts on this, but uh, we got to take a quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.